Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the 40 Days of Thanks. So we get our devotionals, they start tomorrow. For those of you wondering, when are they actually going to arrive? Some people thought they were coming on the 1st of October. That's kind of, that would make sense. But the thing with 40 days is that it's not a neat number in a calendar month. So uh, it doesn't finish, it doesn't matter when it starts, it always finishes on an odd day. So we kind of felt like, let's, let's start the messages on the, Monday, on the Sunday, and then on the Monday you get your devotionals and it all begins to make sense. And so uh, I really encourage you, if you want to sign up, um, uh, you can go on the website. Um, uh, Daniel, did we get the iPad sorted out? We did, the, the iPad at the back, um, you can sign up there as well. Um, and uh, really just uh, encourage you to get into that. There is also an audio version at the bottom of the email that we send through to you, uh, so you can listen to that in the car. It's very, it's very beautiful, actually. It's quite amazing, and uh, so I really encourage you uh, to sign up for that. And we've got a lot of people uh, already uh, signed up, and uh, it's going to be amazing, isn't it? I just feel this is something very, very special, and there's something very beautiful about just coming back to the simple principle of saying, thank you, God. Thank you for everything that you have done for us and, and really understanding the power of thanks. You know, the, the amazing thing is about um, thank you, it, it's, it's a word that is one of the first words we instill upon our children when they are born, isn't it? You, uh, you, you, you start with mum and dad, you want them to know who the parents are, and uh, you've got this child, and it's amazing when you get a baby how stupid you become, and uh, you, you're kind of a normal person who converses in a, in a proper, mature way, and suddenly you're like, mum, 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 and, uh, and dad, 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 and then you start teaching them how to say uh, their please and their thank yous, and thank you is, is one of those really uh, very important words. You want them to say thank you because that's a difficult word for a child to say so you, you you go down to ta say ta say ta say ta and then it's kind of a, and then when they the moment they they take something and they instinctively say ta thank you like like this it's like I, I have the most amazing child in all the world and you put it on Facebook and you Instagram it and uh, uh, and, and it's just this this delight of of, of your children uh, saying Thank you. Um, and here's the amazing thing is that when we go abroad and when we're traveling, um, as, as British, we're pretty rubbish at language, aren't we? We, we, we? we just appreciate the fact that the rest of the world has to speak English. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. And uh, uh, here, here's the deal, though. Um, China's taking over. So, uh, so we've got a problem because Chinese is not easy. And uh, uh, I, was, I was traveling through Frankfurt Airport. Uh, a couple of years ago, and I got in, and uh, I got in behind uh, a, 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 um, a whole group of Chinese people that were coming through, and um, you just assume, doesn't matter where you go in the world, the signs are in English. That's the deal. It uh, doesn't matter, um, you know, if, if you go to countries in the, in the Middle East or in India where the, the alphabet is, sent is, is unrecognizable. So you can't even kind of work it out. Uh, but they're still in English, you know. You'll, you'll have local language and then English. I get into Frankfurt Airport um, and um, 
we get in there and I get in behind these, these Chinese uh, people who've, who've landed and they're coming through passport control. I'm sort of queuing up with them, going through passport control. I then get in. It's a, it's a part of the airport I've not been before, so I don't know where to go. I look up for a sign. It's in Chinese. I'm like, what's the... China is taking over. <laughs> Their billion people are spreading across the globe and, uh, and language is now... Yeah, yeah, you can forget the English. It's now Chinese. And, uh, and uh, so we've got problems. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Wherever we go in the world, when we want to communicate... We, the first thing we learn is how to say thank you. That's the first word, isn't it? If you can't say any word, you, you've got to have... If you can't speak anything of the language, you've got to have a word, and that word is thank you. It just shows a certain uh, generosity of heart, a, a, um, a humility, a sense of recognition that this is their country, and you want to show a sense of politeness and kind of oneness. You can't communicate in any other form, but you want to say thank you. And so to learn and to say thank you, you do so by learning their language. It says in Isaiah chapter 61, and this is the key verse for these, for these 40 days. And it says here, um, this is one of my favorite Old Testament verses. It says, for as the earth brings forth, Isaiah 61, 11, sorry. For as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden causes things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all nations. You know, the word thank you, the word that rises out of our heart in praise toward God, that word is, is a word in any language, in, in, in any uh, culture, for any reason, it is a word which has oil. It, it's an incredibly powerful word. In many ways, it has more power than simple words like, um, like it's phrases. There are simple phrases and words which we use which we commonly use, um, like please, um, that's a very powerful word, isn't it? Um, please, uh, thank you, I love you. They're very powerful words, but thank you is, is there's something about thank you which is, which is entirely generous, for which you don't have to say thank you. I mean, once you've got something, I mean, there's nothing worse than a child who once they've gone past the tower, and then they, they thank you, and they've learned the thank yous, but now they've worked out they don't have to say it. And, and so they stop saying it. And that moment, you, it's gone from delighting. <laughs> You've got a kid who's coming up to you and they're just saying, get me. Uh, get me this. Or go, yeah. You just want to take them out the bank. <laughs> Anyone looking? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> when they run past you. And because... Uh, <laughs> There's something about a thank you which comes out of your heart which is incredibly um, humble of heart and it's a recognition of what somebody else has done for you. Please is very powerful because it shows a politeness but it's, after, it's something that you're after. If you say please, you're, you're after something. And, but thank you it, it is simple appreciation. It, it has great power. It has an oil to it in any language and it doesn't matter the language and here's the amazing thing about language that the word thank you has got God written in it through all of the language here's the amazing thing the word thank you uh, danke in German tak in Danish and I'm not even going to try and do the um, Slovak 
or the Czech version. What's thank you in Slovak, Andrea? Yeah, right. So there we go. Uh, and, and also in Finnish, and I'm not going to try that one either. Here's the amazing thing about those particular languages and the word thank you. They all come from the same root word. And they come from the Bible. It comes from Hebrews. Um, and sorry, it, come, it is Hebrew and it comes from uh, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 9. And it says here, they shall not hurt nor destroy in my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters covers the sea. And the word thank you, the root word that comes, where it came from is this word knowledge, to know God. And so when we're ever saying thank you, this is why thank you has so much oil in it, because we're always bringing about the recognition that God is number one, that we must bring a revelation. Thank you is bringing a knowledge of God. We're speaking of Christ, we're speaking of God every time we say thank you. Every person who denies God but says thank you is speaking of the knowledge of God. Is bringing people to God. Here's the amazing thing. We know that in other languages, they're quite, some of them are quite simple and quite obvious that those languages, um, grazie in uh, Italian or uh, grazia in, in Spanish is simply grace, isn't it? And it's, it comes, uh, it's a manifestation of the favour of God. You're saying God's grace to you when you're receiving something. You're recognising God. Mercy. In French, merci, merci. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it's my best French. Okay, I'm not very good at so. <laughs> and uh, so, when we go to France, they just look at they uh, <laughs> and uh, and. But French, merci, and merci is a word which has been adopted by many languages, including Arabic, and they use it to say thank you, but mercy is literally mercy. It is the hand of God. You're saying the hand of God upon your life. There are many nations, some uh, some nations would would claim to deny God, but in the very core of their language, they're saying God is good on your life. Have mercy. May the hand of God rest upon you. May His grace be poured out upon you. May the knowledge of God come upon you. How about Russian? Spasibo. I can't, I can't do it in the Russian accent, all right? They probably don't go spasibo. Spasibo. And uh, take you out the back, shoot you. And then... Uh, <laughs> but spasibo comes from Russia's Christian past. And it literally means um, God save you. It's a spazzy, is the first word. There's an awkward word there. And uh, so... Spazzy means rescue or save, and Bo means God. And so it, you, every time the Russians in their, in their communist past would say Spasibo, they're saying God save you. You see, the Bible says that, in, let me read to you Isaiah 61.11, it says, For as the earth brings forth its bud. In other words, there is a word in our language that is rising up out of us, it's coming out from who we are, and out of the earth, 
is bringing forth praise to God, a recognition of God, even when they do not know that they are praising Him. Bringing glory, bringing recognition. People are saying it without revelation, but God is in the midst as the earth brings forth. In other words, there is a seed of God which has been planted within the nations that God's word will come. You see, see, many people, we look at what goes on in the world today and we despair with the events that we see. We look at what is going on in the Middle East and our heart is... is your heart is so torn by the events, is it not? We look at it and, and um, sometimes you see Christians post some pretty stupid stuff. Can I ask you, don't post anything stupid. Don't post anything which is against Muslims. Just don't be stupid. They're, they're, people around the world need God. The love of God. People say Muslims are taking over this world. Oh, give me strength. Give, give, give me a break. God loves all people. And His grace is here to touch and change all people. Amen? And so, but you, I, I need you to understand, when you look at what's going on in the politics of the world, and you look at it, and you begin to see, and you think to yourself, you, you despair, you have to understand that God has planted seed. And out of that seed comes revelation. I have a dear friend in Tunisia. Um, he, uh, he met God. He was born of an um, extremely fundamentalist uh, family. And he met Christ in his bedroom with a dream. And he, 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 his dream was he was falling out of the window. And no one would save him. But Christ came. And when he woke up, he realized that he could give life to Jesus. You know, I, I need you to understand that, 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 that God has put a seed. Where, where did that dream come from? It came from a seed that's been planted. That we don't. You see, you can't see the seeds in your garden. You, you look at your garden often and you think, where did that come from? How did they even grow? It had a seed in it. You see, the word thank you is a seed which God has planted within us that we might learn something very powerful of what God has got for our lives. Now, let me read back to you Isaiah 61. We're gonna, I'm going to sort of bring this on. Isaiah 61, it says, For as the garden causes things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. And so we see that the word righteousness that comes from God and the praise, the thanks of our heart, comes from man. In other words, there is a praise which germinates righteousness. There is a thank you which germinates. The word, the thanks that you have for God is the germination that causes righteousness to prevail upon the earth. Many people are going, God, this is terrible. We've got to rescue. We've got to fight. The fight that we have in our heart, the warfare that we are to war with, is the warfare of praise and the warfare of adoration to say, God, I thank you in every circumstance. I thank you that you are the victor. I thank you, Lord, that you achieved every victory upon the cross. Do you understand how there is, it causes a germination of righteousness. It is like the bee 
in the garden. Praise is like the bee in the garden. It lands upon the blossom of the apple tree. The apple tree needs the bee so that it may produce fruit. And the bee needs the blossom so that it may receive its honey. There is a partnership. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, and it says, God and looked and he said, let us make man in our image. God created a partnership with us. For what reason? We know that he doesn't need us. But I need you to understand how much he wants us. And he so because he wants us, he created a partnership for us. And it is a partnership of thanks. It is a partnership of praise. It is a partnership where as we appreciate him, so his righteousness prevails in our life. But righteousness is a word that we don't really use much. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Bible word. It's a Christian word. It doesn't sit comfortably in our language anymore, is it? Sort of I'm speaking, I thank you for the righteousness, your righteousness, God. And a lot of us probably just go, I don't even know what that actually means. I mean, it, it sounds good, doesn't it? No, righteousness. But here's the simple definition of righteousness. God's right things in your life. That's all it is, really. In other words, if I praise God and thank Him, my life begins to become right in God, in Him. There is a, my life is now being made right. And how many of you want your life to be made right? (laughs) To just have it, how many of you want to be in that step of God going, I'm walking in God's righteousness. I'm righteous because I'm right with God. I'm, I'm okay with him. He's okay with me. I'm in the right place with God. I'm, my attitude is right with God. My heart is right with God. How do the, when we spend our life trying to be righteous, there, is a, um, there has been many moves over the generations to build a holiness move. There was the, the Pentecostals of the early um, 20th century had a holiness move. They were kind of... Um, they were kind of a, a, trying to sort of um, copy the Puritans of the um, of the Middle Ages. That they were they were trying to create this holiness. And and we all know, looking in history, that these people who were trying to be holy, actually, what they did is they created a law and, and they created these rules of holiness. To be holy, you have to do this and you can't do that. And and we know that with Christ, I mean, if Christ. Um, was with the Pentecostals of the 20th, early 20th century, he would have upset them because they were holy. They wouldn't hang out. They wouldn't party with the prostitute. And Jesus loved having parties with prostitutes. <laughs> he did. That's where he used to hang out all the time. He would go off with the tax collector. I mean, tax collector doesn't sound, you know, tax collector is just someone you don't like. But you're talking about effectively mafia people. Like nasty, nasty crooks. They were his mates. As Tom said last week, he would turn up to weddings and just make more wine. Who knows what the effect of that was? Jesus blows our brains with righteousness. And so righteousness is not this, this legal thing of being holy. Holiness is the purity of your heart birthed out of being right with God. 
being right with God is a fruit that is germinated by simply saying, God, I thank you. And so for many of us, we've complicated our life and we've complicated, we've created, oh man, you know, this morning, Cheryl and I were having this discussion while, while I'm getting dressed. You've got to do something about that belly. Now, you may look at this and think to yourself, but bellies are all part of scale, right? It's kind of, if you didn't have one, and then you do have one. So it's like I'm looking at it, and, I'm, and I said, this is my conversation. I'm, sh- I'm saying, Cheryl, look, it, winter time coming in, and I need insulation. And uh, number one. Number two, I put a lot of work pre-summer to get rid of this, and now post-summer, I've got it back again. In fact, I put like months in to just kind of like, you know, that amazing hot, like, all the chicks like me. And, uh, and uh, never happened, right? But, I mean, you know, you're knocking on the door of 50. You still want that to happen. And so, here we are. And, and so, at least my wife. At least my wife. Okay, I'm in a deep hole. And move on. For the sake of humor. And so, and so, here we are. And so, we're having this discussion about the fact that I just, need to, I just need to lose this thing. And, and uh, it, it, there are other reasons. It's good for my health in many ways. And so, so uh, we're talking about, and I said, you know, I put a lot of work into just kind of losing that weight, get my health where it needed to be, and uh, post, sort of, uh, sort of post-wedding or the summer, everything else, it just like, in about three weeks, bam. <laughs> it's like months, months of like work, and then three weeks, bam, there it is. And, and you, can, you can despair in your heart of the, the work you think you have to put in to just get right with God, to get in the right place with God. But that's not how it works in the kingdom of God. God's kingdom works by seed time and harvest. And seed time and harvest works with the seed which has been planted. And the seed is something that you don't grow, God does. Only you only have to plant it. We planted seeds in the garden and uh, uh, we planted all these seeds and they just come up. Now, what did we do? We just watered them. That's all we did. We just kept the water going. Well, when you plant a seed of thankfulness before God, you begin to speak out of your heart a shift within your life. And the Bible says that there is an explosion, there is a growth. Let me read this to you. It says here in Isaiah, in Isaiah 61, and uh, Isaiah 61 is, is the chapter that starts off, it's the announcement of Christ. It's a, the anointing is upon me. It's the, it's the declaration of who Jesus Christ is. And uh, in Isaiah 61, verse 3, Three, it says this. This is a definition of Jesus, right? This is his, what he does in our lives. It says in Isaiah 61, 3, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So we understand that there is a there is a trade-off going on in the heavenly realm that God has ordained us to be 
trees of righteousness. And a tree of righteousness is a very powerful definition of that huge, unshakable, dependable, reliable, trustworthy, a great sense of a great trees. When you go up to a great tree, how many times have you ever gone up to a tree and just been kind of awed by its magnificence? And it's, you look at it and you go, wow. You get a sense of, ever hugged a tree? I've hugged trees. I go, not in kind of some freaky new age way. But it's just like a sense of like, you know, I wasn't trying to pick up the spirit of the tree or anything like that. It's okay, we're not into that with you. <laughs> and, and, but you put your arms around this tree and you're, you're not getting anywhere near around it. And you'll just get a sense of like, this thing's been alive for like 200 years, 300 years. It's, it's, um, it's witnessed wars. It's, it's witnessed hurricanes, it's seen, all of those things, if it had a brain, right, it doesn't, (laughs) or a spirit, right, it doesn't have any of those either, but you know what I mean, it was there when those things took place, and here is this amazing dream, the Bible says, God is making you as strong as that, in the righteousness of him, what is the seed we sow? It is a seed of thanks. It's a seed of saying, God, I worship you in this place today. I glorify you. I lift you up. I, I need you to understand that, that as we begin to walk in thankfulness toward God, then the trees of righteousness that God has promised for our life begin to rise up. The new shoots of His glory and His purposes begin to be revealed within us. I... I I need you to understand the fullness of his strength, the fullness of his miracle breakthrough. You see, when we're in the rightness of God, we're in the provision of his miracle flow. We're in the rightness of God, we're in the place of his complete revelation. We're in the rightness of God, we're in the place of absolute satisfaction and a place of peace. But so often what happens is out of our heart, as we pull back from God, what we do is we get into that complaining. All right? We begin to, God, who's ever complained to God? Had a little bit of a moan. You, you know it's pointless, but you do it anyway, because it's like, if you have a moan, it's like, you're not listening to me, are you? No, you're not, obviously. <laughs> I'm talking to myself, aren't I? Aren't I? Aren't I? <laughs> it's like, the, it's, it's a pointless exercise complaining because he's not listening. He's not, he, you start complaining, he's not interested. He went in the other room, shut the door. He's waiting for you to get your heart sorted out. And then when you come back and say, God, you know, number one, I'm really sorry for just being a bit of a dipstick. And, and number two, I want to thank you for everything you've done for me. I thank you for my provision. In my need, I thank you. In the brokenness of my heart, I thank you that you are my healer and you are my restorer. God, I thank you that you provide for me even in those difficult days. Lord, I, I thank you. And something begins to get sown in your life. Something the seeds because every word of thanks is a bee which goes off again in its busyness and lands on another blossom 
and germinates another tree. It germinates another harvest of fruitfulness. And the more we thank God, the more we create a continuum of righteousness, a continuum. Here's what I've discovered in church life, that we live in times of harvest and then we live in times of just emptiness. But often it's simply caused because we stop sowing seed. The Christian prayer life, and I really want to encourage you, the Christian prayer life is, is an extraordinary thing. When we, you pray, you, your troubles can be up here. And you're really beginning to trouble. And so, so you're feeling really sort of bad. And your troubles are being, you're feeling, then you begin to pray. And as you begin, your prayer life begins to go. The troubles can be going, but eventually your troubles will overtake, your prayer life will overtake your troubles. And you begin to get into the place where you've got this great prayer life and there's no troubles and you're really thanking God. And then, and then in the end you're going, you forget to pray because you wake up in the morning and you've got no troubles. And you don't pray and the troubles don't come back the next day because you're still, there's, still, there's a delay between what you prayed, what you thank God for and, and what you live in. There's a delay. And so you're living in good times you're just living in peace, but you're not praying. So your prayer life is good and everything. But what happens is you forgot to sow that seed. And so the troubles begin to grow up again in your heart. And there's a delay. And so you begin to pray again, but it doesn't, it, the, the troubles are still there because you've got to get your prayer life beyond your troubles. You have to lift, your words of thanks have to lift beyond the mountains that cover your life. It's so often, but we sang that song, the mountains shall be cast into the sea. But here's how faith moves mountains. Faith is bigger than the mountain. We think that faith is something smaller but than the mountain, this, this invisible force. Your heart of prayer and thankfulness to God is bigger than the mountain that covers your life. Seeds, the trees of righteousness shall arise in the presence of God. Amen? Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.junctionchurch.